heard think outside the box. You hear it all the time. People talk about, hey, we got to get creative. We've got to think outside the box. What does that really mean? Stay tuned and find out. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Hey, everybody. On uh, today's podcast, we're going to have to kind of do a little mind visioning exercise, if you will. So in the show notes, I've got a number of diagrams that basically flow along with this. So if you are in a position where you can actually listen to the podcast and sort of walk through those diagrams, that's actually probably the best way for you to experience this. If not, I am going to try and provide a word description about the uh, diagrams and stuff that I'm looking at. But this whole podcast is is really focused around the phrase, think outside the box. And again, this is this is a, an idiom. We, we hear this all the time, think outside the box. In fact, in some cases, it's used in, in probably situations where it's not even talking about trying to come up with a unique solution. But innovation, you know, this idea of coming up with a creative idea and then converting that into something that can become useful certainly can be achieved in a think outside the box uh, mentality. So the literal definition of uh, think outside the box is to explore ideas that are creative and unusual that are not limited or controlled by rules or tradition. So just kind of hold on to that. Just kind of put that in the background. Explore ideas that are creative and or unusual that are not limited or controlled by rules or tradition. Did a little research. The origins of this expression go back to a management consulting group in the 1960s that began to use a puzzle called the Nine Dot Puzzle. The puzzle, the very first time that we find this puzzle is in a 1914 book by Sam Lloyd called the Cliopedia of Puzzles. (laughs) You can actually still find this book on Amazon. And of course, I have a link to get that uh, in the show notes. But the the nine dot puzzle is literally just a hierarchy of rows and columns of nine dots, uh, three by three, you know, separated by some equidistant. So you can kind of picture in your mind, you got three by three, nine dots. So the instructions are this, link all nine dots using four straight lines or fewer without lifting the pen and without tracing the same line more than once, right? So you you put the pen down somewhere and you start tracing. Uh, You can't lift the pen. You can't go more than four lines and you can't trace back over any line that you've already done. So if this is something that you've never actually done, I encourage you right now to literally just take a scrap piece of paper and draw these nine dots three by three and get a pen or pencil and try it. Try it. Give it, you know, give it a go and just put this thing on pause. We'll we'll stop right here and we'll let you give a give a shot at completing this puzzle. Hey, did you give it a try? If so, how did you do? <laughs> Were you able to do it in four lines or less? Not lifting the pen, not tracing back over. Now, interestingly, many people who know that the solution is to think outside the box. 
we start by premising that the solution is think outside the box, but they still can't quickly come up with the result that actually meets the criteria. So I'm going to show you some examples again in the show notes, but you know, they might go down vertically and go over up and down and so it's one, two, three, four, five. Oops, that's five lines. So that's not going to work, right? Because that blows the rule. If you do four lines and you just sort of do the outside parts, that would be four lines, but then the dot in the middle is obviously not covered, right? So you'd see something that would not meet the criteria. So we assume that the solution to the puzzle is contained inside of the box. Now, as it turns out, there's no solution where you can follow the instructions that's achievable if you stay inside the box. The box meaning that those lines that are defined by you know, the eight dots that form the perimeter. Uh, the solution is derived once you realize that there is no box. There's only nine dots. There's nothing in the instructions that limits you from staying inside of the non-existent box. So therefore, your solution to the puzzle will look like this. You start at the top and you go horizontally all the way across and you go all the way out past the third dot about the same distance as the dots are together. And now you can extend a line straight down that covers two of the additional dots, leaving the lower right-hand dot uh, exposed. And you'll see this on there. And then you can come back up to the top, which catches the outside dots. And then by coming straight down and through, you're crossing over a line, but you're not tracing over it. And you wind up actually getting all nine dots with four lines. Okay, let's talk about this. The key to the puzzle is overriding our brain's tendency to be constrained to predetermined boundaries. Now, if we can recognize that, we can force our brain or train our brain to move outside boundaries and be, quote, open to new ideas. So thinking outside the box is equivalent to drawing outside of the lines. Think about this next time you watch a kid, you know, a young person, and they're coloring on a page with a, with a predetermined image, you know, that's got boundaries. As they scribble all over the page, eventually they're instructed to color within the lines. So, so even at a very early age, we train our kids' brains to operate within constraints. So it's no wonder that it can be very difficult for adults after all of these years of being told to stay in the lines, stay in the lines, conform, constrain, so forth to set aside our brain bias when called on to come up with a creative idea. So with that in mind, let me give you some practical ideas for how you can put yourself in a mode of out-of-the-box thinking. First, change your thinking space. Now, I've talked and written about this and blogged about it already, but it's a tried-and-true method to creativity. If you can get out of your office, your home office, or your, your space, if, if you get out of the place where you normally exist and, and do your work and into some other kind of thinking space, the more whimsical, the better, that's going to actually be a good opportunity. Here's another one. Get a different perspective. If you want to get truly creative ideas, then invite somebody you know, but who doesn't know anything about your industry or department or, or the problem you're trying to solve and brainstorm with you. Now, listen closely to their ideas. And if they're crazy ideas, all the better. Next, talk to kids. I've often talked about kids are the most inherently creative people on the planet. Even though they've been instructed to color in the lines, 
They've not yet been ground into the corporate decorum and mores. They're much more free about their ideas and play. Get down on the floor and play with kids and kind of let your mind wander a little bit. Play a game. There's thinking games like Quarto or, or uh, Quixo and, and, and other, you know, even chess or whatever. Any kind of thinking game will spur you to be more strategic, but perhaps non-conventional thinking. Another great thing is to practice reverse brainstorming. And this is something that's very useful, especially when you feel like you're sort of blocked. You can't, you're, you're trying to come up with ideas and you just, you just don't seem to, to make any headway, especially if you're trying to come up with truly creative or crazy ideas. So reverse the premise and brainstorm on the reverse. So let's suppose that you were trying to determine how to get, I don't know, people to ride public transportation. We want to encourage public transportation. So, you know, you're coming up with ideas, but you feel like you're in a block. Then instead, brainstorm, what would it take to make sure people never ride public transport? What would you, what would you do to public transportation to totally trash? I mean, to make sure that it's the place nobody would want to do. And, and that exercise yields a bunch of different types of examples. And it allows people to get really crazy, right? Because now you're just in this fantasy land. Oh, we don't want anybody to, you know, ride public transportation. So they're kind of like, yeah, we're going to have, you know, gangs on board, you know, that are, you know, uh, you know, beating people up, you know, whatever, whatever. Now, what you do is you take all of those answers to the, to the reverse brainstorming and you take the reverse of that answer, and oftentimes you will get new ideas that you wouldn't ordinarily have thought of. So you're brainstorming in the negative, and then you're taking the reverse of the ideas that come out of negative reverse brainstorming, and you're coming up with new ideas for the original premise. So remember, getting creative is a volume exercise. Stop trying to come up with good or great ideas. Just generate ideas. Some studies have shown that it takes anywhere from 30 to 200 ideas to get a good one. So if you want some good ideas, you better start just coming up with ideas and cultivate those in the hundreds in order to then have a meaningful number of potentially good ideas to sort of work and implement. The other good thing about having a lot of ideas is when you really look at that, you might find that a portion of this idea combined with some piece of that idea sparks some entirely new idea that very well may be the good idea or the great idea. Now, I'd love to hear from you about how it goes. I, you're going to get my contact information here in just a moment. If you need help, if you need assistance in jumpstarting creativity in your organization, just reach out to me. You know, I, I get a lot of emails and texts and so forth on, on a given daily basis, but I promise you, if you reach out to me, tell me that you're listening to the IDG podcast and you have a question about creativity innovation, I promise you, I will answer and get back to you at my earliest opportunity because it would be my high honor to assist any one of you in making your organization more innovative. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.